It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 and 75 degrees outside. we got a couple more to go this afternoon. Still going into the low 90s, as most of you have heard this morning. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful. All you have to do is ask the questions, and it will be answered. Linda is out in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Linda, good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can I help? Um, I have Leland Cypress. There are about 40 of them in a row, and the interior of the limbs are turning brown yeah the leaves are um the out the exterior um is are still really green and beautiful but the inside and it's like on all of them is there is that caused by the draft or what do you think there are about 50 people listening right now linda who are saying yeah mine are too (laughs) it is a very common disease on leland cypress Most Uh likely, it is one of the cankers and the most probable canker without seeing it. I can't diagnose it, but let's ceridium canker is a very common canker on on uh, Leland Cypress causes them to die from the inside out, turn Uh gray on the inside and get real bare. You can you can see through them and. it is related to drought damage, but the drought damage is more two and three years ago because the disease spreads pretty slowly. And so if they got dry two or three years ago, the disease started then. And only now, in 2016, do you finally see it's getting enough that you really start worrying about the inside of the Leland looking so bad. Mm-hmm. And to be blunt, Linda, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. You can water them now so that three years in 2019, you're not saying... Oh, they're all dead. <laughs> you say, I want to do my best right now to keep them happy and healthy, and it is dry. We know that right now. I haven't gotten rain in my house for a week and a half now. Yeah. So if you will give each one of them somewhere between 10 and 20 gallons of water per week, I think you're going to be on the good side of the law. Okay. All right. Great. But that is the story, Morning Glory, is it is drought-related. It's probably the canker that affects, and there's a lot of people with the same same complaint, Linda. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I All appreciate right. it. It's good talking to you, Linda. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ellen is in Mara, Georgia, down in Clayton County. Hey, Ellen. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I would like to trim my irises down. Yeah. Is it too early? They're turning yellow and but they're not completely, you know, yellow. Hmm. If they're yellow or brown, cut them down. That's a good rule. I like that. Yellow or brown, <laughs> cut them down. Yeah. I like that. If they're green, then let them okay. steam. Uh, you, uh, basically, if, if a plant is photosynthesizing, I don't cut it down. Okay. And I know a lot of people, you've probably seen them too, Ellen, that cut their irises in little fans in the yes, garden. Yes. And sometimes they do that because they want it to look neat, but it doesn't really do the iris any favors to cut it into a fan. But if the leaves are yellow and brown, they're not doing any favors for the plant itself. So cut them off. Okay. I just want to be sure they'd bloom for me next. I believe they will. I believe they will. Well, thank you, and I love your show. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for calling. God bless you. We got Trudy on the line. Trudy had an accident. 
Who was driving the golf cart, Trudy, that knocked down your cherry tree? That would be my grandson. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and not only him, but the dog, the boxer they have, also tried to pull it up. Good heavens. How big is this tree, Trudy? <clears throat> it's probably about four and a half feet tall. I've, it's only uh-huh. been in the ground about a year and a half. Okay. All right. All right. So tell me more of the story. How big is, how, where's the tree now? What's going on? Um, well, I, I planted it, dug a big hole, fertilized in the hole with water and potting soil or dirt. And uh, anyway, it was doing good. The top was all green and it, at the beginning of spring. And then they ran over it, which still, uh, it still looked good with green on it. But then the limbs started dying off one at a time, it looked like. And then some green started coming up from about a foot off the ground. Okay. Little lambs. But I trimmed the top back, and then I read something about you're not supposed to trim a cherry tree. Maybe, maybe not. But when, at what, at what point did it get run over? Um, probably about four months after it's been in the ground. Huh. So what do you see now? <laughs> uh just the green down at the bottom, about a foot. It's like little limbs coming out sure. from the base of the tree. And the top, of the main trunk it's, of the tree beyond has no limb, no leaves on it? No, it looks dead. All right. It is dead. Uh, good observation oh. there, Trudy. <laughs> but I'm not sure that it was the golf cart grandson that is to blame for it. Um oh. Very likely, here's my guess, is that the pattern that you described is one of it got a little dried out and was going to turn this way whether it got run over by the golf cart or not. But the good news is you can still select, if you want to, and I think you should, select one of those little sprouts, the one that looks strongest and most vigorous and vertical, and cut everything else away and let that one sprout become the the new trunk of your new flowering cherry tree. There's no reason not to do that. You have a nice root system. It's probably doing pretty well establishing itself, and so the sprout's going to grow rapidly over the next year or two, and it'll be four feet tall before you know it. Okay, so cut it all the way down to to right above the sprout? Yep. Okay. Be careful. Don't cut the sprout. I know it's going to be tough to get in there (laughs) and saw it away. But, uh, yeah, uh, cut it off and let that little sprout come up and train it to be a new tree, and uh, you got a flowering cherry tree. Okay. Well, great. And you can let the grandson out of the doghouse now. I will, both of them. All right. Thank you. All right, Trudy. Thanks for calling. All right, bye-bye. It's 14 minutes past the hour, and it's Jimmy his turn. Jimmy, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm well. I'm blessed myself to be able to talk to you, Jimmy. How can I help? I done made a terrible mistake. What's that? I went out and sprayed my uh, peppers with uh, M&X. M&X. What is M&X? What's the active ingredient in M&X? Oh, Lord. Uh, Well, I did it with two of them. I did it with Dacanel, too. Okay. And but M and X has got. I see. I can't read that stuff. Spell it if you can. M Y C L H O something. Michael Butanil. All right. Yeah, I sprayed them both uh, with. And so then I went and later I went and got the label out. Look at the label. Uh Well, pepper's not included on it. Oh, it says other things can be sprayed with the daiquiri. Well, I spray my plums. Yeah. I spray my uh, my uh, tomatoes. 
I spray, uh, you can do kennel, uh, cucumbers, you can spray all this stuff out. Sure. But pepper's not included. So I called them. I says, hey, what's going on? Why can't you spray your peppers with them? They said, oh, we, uh, we don't know. We never tested. That's, yeah. But they had brown spot on, on the peppers, you know. And I thought, well, that ought to be safe. He said, oh, no, don't use that. Uh, you yeah. don't have to dig them up and throw them away. I mm. said, well, yeah, I can't eat them now, huh? So well, let me, let me stop safety. you right there, Jimmy, because you already have, you've, you've already heard what was coming out of their mouths had a backstory behind it, which is, Cover your bottom because you don't want to say, and I'm not going to say, Jimmy. Right. Jimmy, I'm not going to say it's safe to eat the pepper, right? Because safe means I think I know what I'm talking about, and those right, people right, there, right. they don't want to say safe because they don't want to incur any liability either. Right, exactly. I know. But your implication, I think, is correct that if you could spray it on plums and peaches right, and apples right. and cucumbers and all right. these other things, then. Uh-huh. I would feel comfortable myself eating those peppers, but I will not say they're safe. Right. Okay. All right. So well, you... I, I looked at the peppers. They, they don't seem to be affecting them none. Yeah. You know, they're just growing right along like they ought to. But yeah. I don't pull most of them throw them away. But they're, they're a little bit, a little uh, banana peppers, beautiful peppers. And uh, I said, you know, I thought I would have thought if they're safe on plums, you eat plums. Sure. You eat tomatoes. You eat cucumbers, and it's safe on them. I will I leave it to I you mean. to make your own decision, Jim. But oh, <laughs> well, you know the lesson learned here: read the label bad. before you spray the spray on message, there. Don't yeah. make assumptions. You know, read the yeah, label and right, right, do right, that. Right. So you know, as I say, I would feel comfortable. Whether you feel comfortable, whether any listener would well, feel comfortable, that's another myself, story. But I don't give them to somebody else to eat. Right? That's probably right. a good idea. <laughs> probably a good idea. There you go. Okay, Jimmy. Thanks so much for calling. You have a good day here. Great question, my friend. Thank you, Thank you for calling. Right, 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Jimmy's place this morning. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Well, you know, the great thing about today's weather is no surprises. It's going to be about the same as it was yesterday. Temperatures will be in the low 90s afternoon, 20% chance of afternoon showers, and the overnight lows dropping down to the mid-70s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Louise joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Louise. Good morning. Louise. Oh, this is David. Excuse me, David. It flopped over to you. Hey, David. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Come back to the phone, David. I'm doing fine. You, sir? Hey, what's, what can I do for you, David? I've got an oak leaf. A, a, a tree is probably 15, 20 years old. Yeah. And there is a brown worm that's eating the green off the leaves, but sure. it's leaving the vein. Yeah, yeah. The, and it started from the bottom, and it's worked its way up probably four or five foot high now. I got great news. It's not going to oh, kill the tree, and it's nothing to worry about, even though you're seeing all those leaves disappearing and nothing but the veins left on the leaves, and you think, man, it's going to kill my tree. It's going to eat every leaf on it. 
Exactly it right. won't. It will not. These are the name of the caterpillar is called the orange-striped oakworm. If you look at them close, you can see stripes, little yellow orange stripes on the back. And they eat a lot of leaves right now, and within a week or two maybe they'll stop, probably a week. And they'll stop, they'll drop to the ground, they'll pupate. Most of them will die in the ground. And they won't come back, generally speaking, won't come back next year to that particular tree. They may be on another tree in another part of the yard. They may be somewhere else. And the tree, honestly, has done all the photosynthesizing it needs for the year already. And it's just coasting right now. And so taking the leaves off at this point of the tree's life doesn't really hurt it. So bottom line, leave it alone. Nothing well, to it. Great, if you for your help, really. Thank all right. You. Nothing to it, David. Thanks for calling. By the way, if you want to control caterpillars, you can. There are easy, organic ways to control caterpillars. One product in particular has an ingredient called BT, Bacillus thuringiensis. And you just say BT if you go to a garden center and say, I need some BT for caterpillars. They know exactly what you mean. And you spray this stuff on your uh, on anything that has caterpillars on it, and it's very specific. It only kills caterpillars. doesn't hurt honeybees. doesn't hurt humans. doesn't hurt birds. doesn't hurt anybody. BT for caterpillars. Works like a charm. Cabbages with cabbage looper kills those caterpillars just dead. By the way, when you go to my website, you can sign up for the email newsletter that WSB and I co-sponsor. And the issue that we had this past week was a little, <laughs> a little off the beaten path. I titled it The Disgusting Issue. The Disgusting Issue. The reason for that is because the Q&As that were in there had to do with bird diseases and animal poop. That was every Q&A and every article, and it was about bird diseases and animal poop, with pictures, of course. If you want to see some of those articles about how to identify animals from their droppings, how to identify whether you have a deer or a bear in your backyard, whether or not the bird has avian pox and makes warts along its beak or not, go to WalterReeves.com. It's the first three articles on the page. You can see them right there, but I tell you, don't eat breakfast beforehand. <laughs> 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836, 76 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape. And you can define success any way you want to. One more flower, one less weed, one little bit of lawn that doesn't have a disease in it, or a better houseplant. If that's gardening, if it makes you happy, then that gardening is what I want you to be successful doing. All you have to do is call me, 404-872-0750. One of the places I rely on for my gardening information is Pike Nursery, and one of the people that I trust the most, Mickey Gasway, is with us this morning. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting in my backyard because I don't go to work for another hour, and I've got a hummingbird that is buzzing me. Doggone. Have you ever had that happen? I think his cedar needs beating. <laughs> oh, that's what he's trying to say. It's buzzing me. It's funny. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 
that's one of the pleasures of at least the, the mornings in the summertime is being out sitting that's in a chair right. and uh, swatting the mosquitoes and looking at your flowers <laughs> or your trees. Or no, I sprayed myself good before I came good, in. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so one of the reasons that Mickey and I talk every Saturday morning at this time is to determine what Mickey has decided is going to be 20% off at all the Pike Nurseries. And sometimes it may not be a plant, it may be a product. So Mickey, what's on the list today? And today it's the E.B. Stone Fertilizer. Which is a great choice because now is a great time to put down a little light organic fertilizer on some of the yeah. ground covers and things that need a little perk-me-up after the summertime heat. Yeah, I did some of some um, knockout roses that I cut back, yeah. and I put some under there and watered it in good, and I'm sure that's going to—I did it last year, and it really did help a lot, so hopefully that's going to be a good one. One of the things about E.B. Stone products that Pike sells is that they are organic fertilizers. They have components of, what is it, feather meal, kelp meal. What are some other things, Mickey? Uh, uh, chicken manure, yeah. uh, bone meal, back guano. All those animal things. Oh, <laughs> animal poops. That's right. That's so I, wonder who, I wonder who gathers the I, I don't want to be in that job. It? I used to, uh, you know, living on a chicken farm, I'm very familiar with chicken oh, yeah. poop, but bat poop, I don't want to have to. I don't know about that, that But anyway, it's a great fertilizer, great ingredient for the product, great for nitrogen. So yeah. um, uh, it's, a, it's a good product. And the fertilizer is released very slowly to your plants, which is really what a plant would like. It's a very slow-release fertilizer. That's why the Pike lawn products are very good, because they're slowly released to the grass in your lawn. Whereas 101010, which a lot of people use, is a fast release, something that can get you in trouble if you put it down and That's put right. a little too much down. It burns the roots of your plants. But E.B. Stone, rarely if ever, is going to burn the roots of your plants, and it releases nutrients for several several weeks. Yeah. You do. It, it, it works great. I've got where I'm using it almost completely now. And that and the Sure Start, which is another sort of formulation that allows yep. plant roots to get the phosphorus that they need. It's a little better for plants when they're just starting out. Sure Start's a great way to start. Absolutely. So the deal on Pike Pick, Mickey's Pike Pick of the weekend, you load up your cart with the Sure Start, with the uh, lawn fertilizer, tree fertilizer, all the fertilizers you need for your garden, and you go up to the cash register and you say, this is 20% off. Mickey said it was, and you saved yes, a lot of money. Of, that's right. And if, you, if you're not sure which one you need, come on in to Pikes, and one of our experts will be glad to help you choose the right one for your plant. That's one of the other great things about Pikes. When you go to a nursery like Pike, you're not finding somebody that was a plumber last week and a lumber salesman the week before that and might not be the most garden expert person in the whole wide world. And if there's a person who maybe has just started working at Pike, they always have a professional like Mickey there who's been for many years working as a as a landscape expert. It can answer the questions at any Pike you walk into. That's right. And I want to mention, I want to congratulate, we've got a bunch of people in our store that took the Georgia Landscape Professional and passed last week. So Terrific. you'll see them in. Um, you'll notice it on their badge in the next couple of weeks. I hope everybody will come in and uh, let them help you out. So we got class. You got an orchid class going on today, right? We do, yes. And yes. that's nine o'clock. So got to hurry. Twenty minutes from now. And all the stores. So if you want to learn about orchids and how easy some of them are to grow and to make to rebloom and to not die, which reminds me, I need to water the one that's in my sunroom. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm betting it's going to be fine. Orchids are remarkably oh, tough. Yeah. If they're, they are 
very resilient. Yeah, very resilient plants. So, Mickey, it is wonderful talking to you. If we wanted to find the location of our closest, nearest, and best pike nursery, where would we go? At pikenursery.com. Of course we would. You know, the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide will be playing pretty far, pretty close. When's the first game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When's the first game? I'm not sure. I meant to ask Stan this this morning. I'm not sure when it is. I'll let you know. I'm sure you will. (laughs) Okay. The first real game. Okay. Good good talking to you, Mickey. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. It's 41 minutes past the hour, and it gives Faye her turn. Faye's over in Monroe and joins us. Hey, Faye, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? You're talking about fertilizer, and that's exactly what my question is. I've heard you before say to mix up liquid fertilizer, like about a gallon, mm-hmm. but it do- doesn't tell me how much to put around each plant, say mm-hmm. daylilies and black-eyed Susan, that kind of thing. Is it a cup full, a half a cup? It only tells on the container, this is so many square feet. Terrific question. Good. Sometimes, this is where the art comes into gardening, where you just have a feel for about how much a plant needs. Mm -hmm. And I wish it were more specific than that, because you're right. It says per 100 square feet or 1,000 square feet or whatever on the bag. Well, that doesn't tell you if you have two daylilies right side by side. Do you put a cup or a pint or whatever? I'll tell you what I do, and you can take it from there. For plants that are as big as my knee, it's about a cup full. Of the mixed-up gallon um, uh, miracle Grow or liquid fertilizer that you have. For plants that are higher than my knee, generally speaking, I'll put two cups around them. And that's a pint. And that's what I think they need. And I'll do that about every six weeks or so. And that should be fine. It shouldn't burn the roots. It shouldn't produce unwanted extra growth. And I think it'll be fine. Good. So knee high, a cup. Higher than my knee, two cups. So if I'm trying to help my um, Japanese maple, they look like they need a little help. Mm -hmm. About a half a gallon then for each one? Yeah, and spread it out. You know, the roots of the Japanese maple are out to six, eight, ten feet maybe from the trunk, depending oh. on its size. And you want to put the fertilizer where the roots are, obviously. So mm. put it out away from the tree and let the roots absorb it out there. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Nothing to do it. Faye, thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Who have we got next? Gwen's out in Sugar Hill. Gwen, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Good morning. Good morning. I've got a question about impatience and acolias. All right, talk my, to me. My daughter planted a bunch of impatience and acolias in two different places. Well, the impatience in two different places. They call us in one place. Okay. And when she planted the, and she put good potting soil in there and everything mixed it up real good before she put them in the hole. And when she planted them, they were nice and green. Two days later, we went out, and all the leaves had turned pale green on oh. the impatience, uh-huh. and they slowly died. Look like they were dying from the bottom up. Hmm. So, do you have any idea why? I have, a, I have an avenue to explore with you. How about that? Uh, okay. Let me ask a couple of questions. Had you had impatience in that bed before? No. And if you look at a leaf, and you may not be able to answer this, if you had looked at a leaf, or maybe your daughter looked at a leaf, did you ever notice a white, powdery-looking stuff on the bottom of the leaf, the backside of the leaf? No, but they look, well, as they went down, they got powdery and powdery and powdery-looking. Hmm. Um, we may be and going then they, down. Then they finally just went away. They're like they rotted from the bottom up. There is a disease. This is the avenue that I was heading down with you, and I may be right on this, but it requires a little homework on your part. But there is a prolific and deadly disease of impatience called 
impatience, downy mildew. It's been known. It's been here in the southeast for the last oh five years, maybe. And, and the symptoms are pretty specifically what you described. You plant impatience, and all of a sudden, they just go. Yeah, away. they look like yeah. Many times it comes from infected plants, and I'm not going to ask you where you got these plants because they can come from big nurseries, little nurseries, home box stores, and places like that, so I'm not going to ask you where you got them. But if there's any leaves still on your impatience at all, go look at them and see if the backside of the leaf has that powdery stuff on it because that would be pretty distinctive for impatience, downy, mildew. No, they all finally just died. And so sad to say, there's nothing you can do about it, and if they're all dead, nothing you want to do about it. So honestly, if I were you, Gwen, I would simply say, I'm going to plant my, start thinking about my winter annuals now. The pansies will be in within a month or so. Or you could plant a few other colorful plants if you want to, and then dig them up and put the pansies in their place. And then next year, make a little note to your daughter and say, don't put impatience here again, because if you had the downy mildew, it doesn't disappear. And oh. I know you love impatience, but I think it's safer not to put any impatience there again. Okay. How about the acolias? The other day, they started. They were doing great, <clears throat> and then the other day, the leaves started wilting, and they've been watered and everything. And the next day, we went out. There, mm. Some leaves were laying on the ground, and they looked like something that chewed on it. That's going to be less, 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 less able for me to diagnose. If you want to do this, Gwen, if you want to take some pictures of the leaves of the of the coleus that are looking chewed on and wilty and down on the ground and things like that, I have a place on my website at walterreeves.com. You can submit pictures of plants for identification, but you can also put diseases if you want to. And submit some of those pictures to WalterReeves.com in the Name That Plant section and see if anybody on my website knows what it is. And they may be able to diagnose it for you. And in this case, a picture is worth a thousand words, and that's what I need is a picture, not a description on there. Gwen, can you do that? If you can do that, we'll be fine. Thanks for calling, Gwen. It's 847. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. At 8.53, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much the Wayback Machine is operating just as it should. Same as yesterday, same as last Saturday. Highs today in the low 90s. 20% chance of rain. Lows tonight go down into the mid to low 70s, 76 degrees right now. And your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Renata in Tucker joins us on Lawn and Garden. Renata, hey, good morning. Good morning. Um... I need to know when to fertilize my hydrangeas. They ah. haven't been fertilized. Uh, um, they were hurt by the frost, mm -hmm. and now they've come back, and one bloomed real nice. And um, just uh, when to fertilize them, and when to put about some of that uh, yeah. sulfur yeah. to put on to make them more blue. Well. You were talking just a minute ago to Mickey Gasway at Pike Nursery, and I was thinking to myself at that time, you know, today would be a good day to fertilize my hydrangeas. Really? Because the the organic fertilizers, and E.B. Stone is one brand name, Pike carries it, and it's a very good brand name, but the uh, Holly Tone is another organic fertilizer, Milorganite, a third organic fertilizer, and all three of those now on hydrangeas would release nutrients very slowly as the hydrangeas are putting on their new growth for next year. 
year. And that's what you want, flowers next year. Right. And you want that new growth to be nice and strong and vigorous and make the little flower buds that will form in a week or two for next year's uh, flower buds. So I believe now is the right time, Renata. Let's fertilize the hydrangeas right this very minute. And sulfur, I don't see why we couldn't do that as well. Same time, same place. Does it have to be worked in? No, sulfur in particular uh, is dissolved pretty much by rainfall going in. It's slowly acting. It slowly acidifies the soil and keeps the the blue flowers on the hydrangeas, but there's no real reason to work it in. The fertilizers probably would help a little bit to work those in if you can. Can you use miracle Grow? Sure. Uh, miracle Grow at about... What I'd like on the miracle Grow because I want it to be released a little slowly. Just do half strength now and wait two weeks and another half strength miracle Grow then. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so All much. Right. I enjoy your program. Hydrangeas are going to look pretty in Tucker. Yes. All right. Thanks for calling, Renata. Thank you. Have a great day. You bet. 404-872-0750 is the number for the Home Fix-It Show. Dave Baker is standing right outside the studio. He'll be here at 10 o'clock, or excuse me, at 9 o'clock this morning to host the Home Fix-It Show. If you did not get in to get your question answered today, you can always go to my website at WalterReeves.com. All sorts of weird, interesting, and wonderful information there, including all the information about how to identify animal droppings from poop and the various uh, disgusting pictures that we featured in our newsletter this past week, which you can subscribe to as well when you're there at the newsletter or at the uh, website. Also, you can follow me on Pinterest, and that's one of the things that I have a lot of fun doing right now is taking pictures of weeds, and I have one Pinterest board that is only devoted to weed identification and control. And so if you have a weed, you don't know what it is, Go to Pinterest, form an account there if you don't already have one. Look at weed identification and control, and it'll tell you some information about each weed you might find in your landscape. You can follow me on Twitter, at Walter Reeves. You can follow me on Facebook, Georgia Gardener. And I post things on Twitter and Facebook a couple, three times a week that I think are interesting. You might find enjoyable and helpful. Other than that, it's been my great pleasure to serve with Mark Dowden this morning, who screened our calls in Ashley's absence. Scott Maxson got the greatest music in the whole wide world of garden radio, and we do appreciate that as well. Stay tuned. The Home Fix It Show is straight ahead, and we'll see you at Lawn and Garden next Saturday morning.